Welcome to Dodgers Dogs. I'm Casey Porter. Hey, we are back. We have a new co-host, and I'm super glad you decided to tune in. Chase, he gets so busy during this part of the year with his, his coaching in the spring, and then he actually owns his own academy called The Express, where he coaches a couple of teams. He's always at recruiting new players, so he is extremely busy. So I am super excited to introduce you to our new host of this show. We're going to do it every Wednesday, 6 o'clock Pacific. That would be 8 o'clock my time, which is Central. That would be 9 o'clock your time, Austin. I know that gets kind of complicated, but Austin Brubaker, a young man who grew up different places, but but anchored in Midland, Michigan, got to see Clayton Kershaw all the way back whenever Kershaw came through there, got to see some incredible early games whenever the, the Great Lakes loons, I believe Austin, they're 15 years old in, in Midland, got to see some really early games for them, fell in love with the Dodgers, has been a Dodgers fan ever since. So Austin, thank you so much for joining Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. Uh, extremely excited for this uh, and excited to talk some Dodgers baseball. No doubt about it. So first of all, got to give the whole run that I've never been to Middle Michigan, never been to Dow Diamond. It looks like an awesome place. They do a great job with their music and just all the, you know, in between innings and all their chants and all that. So tell us what a game day experience is like at Dow Diamond for the Great Lakes Loons. Oh, the staff, first off, I have to mention the staff at Dow Diamond, absolutely top class. Everybody within the organization is just phenomenal, uh, from the people at the gates greeting you uh, to the actual production staff putting on the show, uh, to the organization, uh, people within the organization. Just a phenomenal place to watch a baseball game. Facility is really top-notch, too. It's been around since 2007, um, and it really has upheld, too. They've done a lot of great work uh, keeping up with it. Uh, they've added a new scoreboard, uh, just added a lot of great stuff with the facility. Uh, it's a great place to watch the game. If you go there, uh, especially when I'm at the games, uh, can be a little bit. I try to bring up the energy of the crowd a little <laughs> bit. Uh, try to bring some fun and excitement uh, to the actual games, which the production staff, uh, Eric, everybody up there does a great job with that. Um, just a great place to watch the baseball. Uh, and this year, the team that they have on the field is one of, if not the best team that they've ever had on the team uh, on the field, which is really saying something. Uh, for a uh, Great Lakes Loons team that has had so many great players come through it. Um, definitely some, some place that uh, Dodgers fans and baseball fans need to check out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, we already have a great audience, and we already have some great comments. Hey, good evening, Roy. Thank you so much for joining. Steph, thank you so much. We hope, Hey, we're going to do this. I'm going to say it one more time in case you're just hopping on. Tell all your friends, tell all your baseball friends, Dodgers friends, Every week, every Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Pacific, and then 8 o'clock Central, and then 9 o'clock Eastern, Austin Brubaker, our new host. Okay, the Domino says, hey, I know this guy. You've got a good host there in Austin. So, hey, how about that? I see you smiling right there. So, we already have one big fan on board and, and in the chat room. Yes, yeah, I know I know exactly who that is. Uh, yeah, the Damino is what that would be. Damino, okay. Yes, yes. Now, now see, uh, us here in Oklahoma and you guys up there in Michigan, 
we're saying the same words sometimes, but it comes out a little bit different, you know? So that ought, oh, yeah. that ought to be fun too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so tonight's show, we're going to talk all about, hey, you know, we've this year for the Dodgers has been different because it just, I've, I've said on many of my pod, daily podcasts, it's like that whack-a-mole, you know, you, you feel like you solve something over here and then that mole pops up. It's like you're always behind that mole trying to whack him, whichever hole he comes out. Last night he was the most unexpected as you could possibly have with Evan Phillips giving up the lead. Of course, it was his his third outing in a row. First of all, before we get into the trade targets, good evening, Turtle Power. Thank you so much for joining. And, yeah, woo, I, I, I woo back to you too because we're very excited. <laughs> hey, what do you think about using Evan Phillips Third day in a row. I know the Dodgers did that with Kenley Jansen. I, I looked it up. It was about three times in the last three or four years. He was mm-hmm. with the Dodgers, and all three times, Kenley Jansen had zero issues on that third day. So, And he only, and, and Evan Phillips only had 30 pitches going into last night in yeah. the last two days on Monday and Tuesday. So what do you think? Yeah. Um, if you think that Evan Phillips was going to give you the best chance to win, especially yeah. in that closer situation, which he has been solid in, um you got to throw him out there and last night he didn't have the outing that you wanted um three days in a row i don't know the exact numbers of how he has performed in the he's past. never done so it he never done it before no um then in that point and i don't know who else was available for the dodgers bullpen who was uh ready to go that you'd rather give the baseball to um he just didn't perform last night and it's as simple as that and it sucks especially after Johnny DeLuca oh, came up, up with the fourth, um, which, yeah, that was an amazing moment. And then you kind of had that deflation, uh, deflating loss after that. Uh, it was really disappointing, but um, it is what it is, and we got to move on. You got to see Johnny DeLuca grow up right in front of your eyes, because if you remember about this time last year, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit more than this time last year, he was hitting about a buck thirty. At Great Lakes. Now, he was making great swing decisions. I talked to Dylan Oshotka, who was the hitting coach for the Loons at that time. And he said he was making great swing decisions, putting the ball in play well, kind of like Jason Hayward was early on in this season, but just didn't have a whole lot to show for it. But then, I'll be darned, man, right after the – about this time of year, you know, when the Loons went on that big run and won the first half division, Johnny DeLuca went on an absolute tear, got called up to double-A. You got to see that all their own eyes, didn't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you can tell um... – there's some things that uh, just looking at the box score, just looking at the stat sheet, you don't get to see. And one of the things you don't get to see is the quality of contact, especially yeah. on the minor league level, because you don't have that information widely available. Uh, and you could tell with uh, his plate appearances that he was putting a lot of balls in play with really solid contact, uh, just not getting the exact results early in the season. But you could t- also tell – uh, his plate approach was really, really solid, which is something that he has had throughout his entire career. Um, and he was able to hit for power at times. Yeah. Um, but as Led the loons in both home runs and stolen bases when he got promoted to double A. He's a special talent. He yeah. really is. Uh, and you can, you can tell that. Uh, just wish that he'd, get, he'd had the opportunity to get to more uh, opportunities at the big league level to show mm-hmm what he is capable of which i think at some point he should have that opportunity yeah. with uh dodgers kind of sh- struggling a little bit right now you think this year this... every day i don't think every day this year no yeah right I, I'm, I'm with you you know coming into last night he, he was three for his last he was two for his last five 
but those five at bats were strung out over seven games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to be able to stay in tune at the major league level, especially not, you know, only having a limited amount of major league at bats, to stay in tune only having five at bats over seven games and to come in and pinch hit and get a home run like that, I mean, I don't think people understand the difficulty level of what he did last night. That was that was a special moment. I mean, not Kirk Gibson yes. or anything like that, but it was a pretty awesome moment, right? Oh, it was phenomenal. It was it was really great to see. Um you you were rooting for that guy. Uh really, yeah. really awesome moment. Yep. Okay, so let's get into some trade talks. I'm gonna turn this over to you first of all. Let, before we get into names, okay, what positions? What are the what are the what are the positions I need? Hey, if you're in the please, if you're in the in the chat, we have a great crowd already. Tell us who do you want the Dodgers to go get at the trade deadline? I've said many different times on Dodgers Daily, the prospect capital. I'm a prospect hugger, you too as well, Austin. But only to the sense that we want to see each one of these guys have the cleanest path to the longest career at the major league level. So I have zero problems trading these guys away. It's like a Ryan Noda or Gus Farland who went Rule 5, Jose Hernandez, somebody like that, or, or even uh, Guillermo Zuniga who has picked up a free agency. Hey, so if these guys have a clearer path somewhere else, that's what I want for them. So I, you know, I, I think the Dodgers, if they find the right guy, I think they will, they'll trade away tr uh, prospect capital because I think a lot of it is at its highest peak right now. Just don't quite know who it is. And it got a lot more complicated with the expanded playoffs because now it's not quite as unclear who the buyer or sellers are going to be. So dive into that. Yeah, no, absolutely. We are huge fans of these players uh, and of the organization. And so we want both what is best for the organization and what is best for the players, too. In this season, uh, it's pretty obvious what the Dodgers mm -hmm. need, at least off the start. They need help with pitching. You yeah. look statistically. Uh, Starting at, or bullpen? Where would you start? Um, both. Okay, uh, okay. I, I, would, I mean, I think both need areas – uh, they both have areas of need. Obviously, starting pitching, you've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Bullpen has been a struggle at times uh, and has been a point of frustration for a lot Can of guys. Can you solve fans. the bullpen issues by solving the starting rotation first and then bumping some of your fringe starters down to the bullpen? I think that is, that is, I think that is an option, um, and I think you have some guys coming off the injured list as well, who should be coming up at some point. Uh, so you have to take that into consideration as well as far as the guys coming up uh, who from the injured list, filling some holes, but then you also don't know who's going to be injured in the future. It really is a incredibly tough uh, hurdle to jump over, especially with, as you mentioned, the expanded playoffs. Uh, yeah. There's not a ton of sellers or obvious not yet. sellers not yet. obvious sellers yeah yes at this point it is tough to tell yeah. who is going to be uh buyers who's going to be sellers and who is going to be available and so i think what a lot of dodgers fans are expecting is they're expecting okay we want to pick up this ace starting pitcher i don't yeah. know if that's going to be available this this trade deadline just because the guy that the dodgers know. fans have fallen in love with in my opinion has been lucas giolito and that's because he's a socal guy i think mm -hmm. they saw his interview on what was an espn i think it was a sunday night game and he talked about eating dodgers dogs going to dodgers games as a kid i think that's the number one target if you asked a lot of dodgers fans would that be your number one target that would be right up at the top of the list yeah uh pitcher from the white Sox. 
and you're entering his final year of arbitration, which means he's not going to cost a whole lot um, as far as giving up years just because he's going to be a free agent pretty soon. Um, definitely a pitcher that uh, Dodgers fans should be looking at as a real potential option uh, for this team. I think he has one of the higher upsides that should be available as far as being a pitcher that can start a playoff game for you um, and be a really real good anchor to the rotation. Uh, I think he's right up there towards the top of the list and somebody that I would uh, definitely keep in mind as far as targeting at the trade deadline. Lucas Giolito, four pitch pitcher, four seam fastball slider, change in curve, and that fastball's 93-ish range. You know who You know who that is to me? That? that that is a major league version of Landon Knack. That that's yep. I mean that's the exact picture that Landon Knack is. So the question is, here's the sliding scale that you get into. Okay, let me give you let me give you uh, just kind of an example. You know, I coached high school forever. Let's mm-hmm. say that you had a transfer that came in a senior year at high school, right? And you have a freshman, okay, and they both have very similar skills, and you're going to have the freshman for four more years. You, do, you haven't invested anything into the transfer because he hasn't even been there till his senior year. Now you have this senior that's a transfer and a freshman. You're going to have three more years, and they're basically the exact same pitcher. Who do you go with? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good question um, as, far, as far as the system development versus the guy from the outside. I think the real question with this and the question with Giolito is in a playoff series, who would you rather start? Giolito or Landon Knack. That's, you know, that that's okay. So that's the sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Do you think Giolito is going to be that much better in a playoff setting because he has more major league experience than a guy like Landon Knack was? See, one of my first experiences was I saw Corey Seager all of the year 2015, mm-hmm. and then he came up in the playoffs that year and just absolutely dominated so yeah there are times to where i'm not afraid of saying you know sometimes these young guys of course they're not young anymore when we think you know when we think of prospects we tend to think like they're 17 18 19 years old these guys went to college they've been in the minor leagues i mean they're 25 years old you know i mean they're, they're you know in michael bush's case they're closer to 30 than they are 20 you know so it's not like they're young guys they're young and inexperienced and, and so I don't know. That that's that's a sliding scale for me. It you know, what type of pitcher makes it worth it to take innings away from your future? That that's mm-hmm. that's a sliding scale that I it's always moving, obviously, but hey, leave us your comments. We have some great comments already. Craig says, How about Bieber? What do you think about Bieber? So that is it. so that's somebody that I had my on my list. Um it's gonna be tough to tell uh if he's even going to be an option because yeah. Cleveland is competing for a playoff spot in an extremely weak American League Central. I think yeah. they're around five hundred, maybe a little bit below there, but they're only a game back. Uh the question is, would he even be an option? Or would you have to give up a lot of those high end mm-hmm. um either minor league or young pitchers or position players in order to get him um i truly don't know if he'd be available at the deadline would you give up cartaya with all the catching depth they well, do that's have, a pretty big question for your first show and <laughs> that, that is a big question i mean it has to it has to be for the uh it has to Elite. be for the right pitcher 
it has to be for the right pitcher because I saw I was able to see last year at Great Lakes just how good Cartaya can be. Yeah. Um, and he can be he can be special. He can be. He really can overpower special. professionals. Yes. The Damino says he watched Johnny DeLuca launch baseballs into L.A. as a loon. What into L.A. Is that a what? What, what is the L.A.? Probably Los Angeles. Probably saying that okay. he hit it as he a loon from mainland to Los Angeles. Okay. Gotcha. And to see him play really well at the major league level so far is pretty awesome to see. Couldn't agree more. He is an awesome young man. I've had a chance to talk to him on two different occasions. Craig also says that he thinks that the Dodgers need starting rotation help. And he also says, hey, bring up one of the double-A guys. Nick Frasso's had three rough outings in a row, I know. But River Ryan, Kyle Hurt, I'm going to miss somebody, so I'm going to stop right there. But but uh, help me out there, Austin. Mm-hmm. Who am I also missing? Nick Frasso. Of course, Landon Nastrini. Acker's got called Nestrini, yes. Nick mm-hmm. Nestrini, Kyle Hurt. Of course, I always lump Nestrini and Hurt together because sure. they're both so Cowboys. One went to UCLA, one went to to uh, USC, and they kind of have similar stuff. So, yeah, hey, bring up one of the double-A guys like you did Emma Sheehan, who had a little bit rough uh, start last night, but that wouldn't be a bad idea either. The Damino mm-hmm. also says, I'm surprised the Dodgers didn't try trading for Chapman. Okay, and then uh, Craig says Chapman had domestic Issues. I'm not real familiar with that. Are you, Austin? Uh, Aroldis you? Chapman is yeah. probably what they're referring to. Yes. I don't know. I don't know exactly uh, all of yeah. the issues, but got traded to Texas. He's off the board. Yep. Oscar Vargas. Thank you so much for joining, Oscar. His his question is: Is Knack ready for a call up this year? I'm of the opinion yes. He's a he has five pitches. He's a strike thrower. He's a guy who can throw a strike at every pitch. I've seen him so many different times, and I know you have too, Austin. He'll get down 2-0 in a count and flip a curveball in, throw a slider, and then throw a changeup three pitches later he has an out. Yep. So it doesn't matter if he's ahead in the count. doesn't matter if he's behind the count. He can reach into any one of his five pitches in his bag and throw them in any spot that he wants. He's very, very seasoned in terms of his experience. You know, he had that JUCO experience at Walter State, which is very pressurized because it's so results-based in JUCO. Either you produce – or you don't play in JUCO, especially at a place like Walter State. You know, and he was wonderful at East Tennessee, so he has great experience. I think if you threw Landon Knack up there, he'd handle it perfectly. And I think he has the right type of mix, and that he's the right type of pitcher that could be effective at the major league level right now. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen Landon Knack pitch enough this year to uh, see how he's progressed. Uh, but that wouldn't shock me at all from what I saw in Great Lakes. Yep. So Fernando asked why they bring up Knack instead of Stone because that was a simple one because Stone's still on the forty man, mm-hmm. Landon Knack is not. So if you would have brought up Landon Knack, you would have had to DFA somebody, and they weren't in the mood obviously to DFA anybody that's currently on their forty man roster. So you know they that was the advantage Michael Grove and I talked to him about this when Michael Grove and James Outman got put on the the forty man ahead of last year. The big deal with that was. Hey, they're going to get all the first shots and they keep, you know, the recalls because then you don't have to DFA a guy. So would you agree that's probably why that happened? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you got to take advantage of the players who are on your 40-man roster. And uh, if you remove them from the 40-man roster, you risk losing them. And with how much talent uh, Dodgers had, the Dodgers currently have, uh, they don't want to just remove guys from the 40-man roster. They want to utilize the talent that they have and when they feel like somebody else is better, they'll move on. Craig is reading our minds, Austin. We were getting ready to go here next. He said, how about Marcus Stroman? 
Best yeah. one out there probably, isn't he? He is right up there as far as the most successful uh, starting pitcher that is going to be on the market. Uh, pitching for Chicago. 276 ERA this year, whip of just 109. He has 92 strikeouts this year. Not a whole lot of strikeouts, just 92 strikeouts, 107.2, but very effective with his whip and ERA. Oh, yeah, just phenomenal. He's had a, just a great season uh, for Chicago. Really, really good pitcher. Uh, if you look at uh, a little bit more of an advanced stats, if you look at ERA+, plus, uh, just a stat that just tries to normalize ERA in comparison to the rest of the league, uh, he has an ERA plus of 161, uh, meaning he's 61% better. His ERA is 61% better than so the league So when you average. see WRC+, plus, OPS+, plus, ERA plus. The baseline is 100. So anything One, above that is above average. Anything below that is below average. Yes. Just to make that as simple as you can make it. Yes. And he is well above average as far as his production, as far as his ERA is. Uh, his stat cast, uh, if you look at stat cast, which is the a little bit more advanced, if you look at some of the percentiles. Looking at it right now. Yeah. It's not phenomenal as far as just looking at the percentiles, uh, but you want results. And if you want results, Marcus Stroman has produced results. Uh, he is going to be most likely available depending on if the Cubs kind of fade out of the National League Central, which isn't a given, given how that one is a little, that division is not as strong as some of the other ones, although yeah. Cincinnati's kind of running with that division a little bit as long with Milwaukee. Uh, really, really talented pitcher. Uh, I think the Dodgers should at least take a strong look at. 91-92, so he's not the power arm. You know, the Dodgers like to bring in guys like Ryan Brazier, even if they haven't had success, that throw the 96-97, have the left-turning sliders, the right-turning either two-seam or change-ups. He's not necessarily that guy. He's not the, the high-velo power arm guy he's a six pitch guy that that you know kind of he's kind of the the you darvish type mm -hmm. of pitcher to where you just kind of you really never know what's coming so i would be interesting to see how the dodgers would work with a pitcher with such a big bag of pitches that they've never worked with before that would be an interesting you know that's not their style of pitcher in terms of you know riding four seam fastballs at the top left turning sliders and tumbling changeups. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what uh, Mark Breyer and the rest of the pitching lab is able to do with that and able to utilize. But um, I, I think with the staff that the Dodgers have, with the pitching minds that they have, uh, they'd be able to utilize uh, his talents uh, in yeah. a pretty effective way. And I think he would provide a lot of innings, too, uh, for the Dodgers, which is something that they need right now with a lot of the injuries to some of their starters. Okay. Got a question from Fernando. I'm going to turn this one over to you. Is Corbin Burns still an option? They've been talking about trading for him since the beginning of the season. If you're looking for an ace-level pitcher, he would probably be the guy that you would look for. The question is, is Milwaukee willing to trade him away? They said no. Do you believe that? Contention? And I don't believe that they are going to do that right now. If they said no. you believe them? I believe them, yes. Okay, really? See, yes. I, I took that as posturing to, you know, I'm not saying they are going to get rid of him and or Willie Adamas, mm -hmm. but I saw that as posturing to where, hey, if we do, then that gives us more leverage. I think they're holding out for more leverage. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger, though. 
Yeah. I think they're going to wait until the off season. Man, those kind of guys don't just fall off of trees. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't just give those guys away when you have a pretty good nucleus of players around them, right? I mean, especially if you're Milwaukee and, and you don't just go out and on the free agency market and replace every year, right? No, they don't do that, but they have a pretty good development too. And I also yeah. wonder if they are actually going to trade away Corbin Burns. He's got an ERA of four so far this season. I wonder if they see his value as being higher during the off season as opposed to in season. Um, that makes sense. Even with a year and a half, I, I don't know the answer to that. They're also only a game out. They're very much in contention as far as the National League Central is concerned. Um, I don't believe he would be available if he was though um and you're looking for a starting pitcher that can be uh an ace level starting pitcher for the dodgers he would be the guy to target good evening sean thank you so much for joining and austin i know you you follow dodgers daily quite a bit you know how great of comments that sean leaves and then also oscar and fernando the damn i'm telling you man we don't have a huge crowd like if you go to dodgers nation or or even Dodger Blue like that. They have a lot more crowd. Dodgers Daily hadn't been around as long. But the fans that we do have here at Dodgers Daily, I will I will put them up against any other baseball, not just Dodgers-wise, any other baseball site on earth. The comments are always just ridiculous. Of course, I stole one of them, and now he's my co-host with, with Austin. You can tell why I stole him right here. Awesome co-host so far. Okay, and our, and our fans are absolutely reading your minds because I know the next guy that you were going to get to – was Jordan Montgomery, and that's because the Cardinals are probably going to be sellers mm-hmm. because they have had a terrible year. Yeah, no, they've been absolutely terrible this season. Uh, just a really frustrating uh, season from them. One guy who's not been frustrating, though, has been Jordan Mon- Montgomery. Uh, and one of the things that he can provide uh, that'd be especially valuable for the Dodgers is just innings. Being able to pitch quality innings. I believe he has a 328. Uh, something yeah. like that, ERA, but something that I remember. Uh, 328, yeah, and it, yeah. his whip is 124. So his walks and in, in, hits for innings aren't very good, but is but he's been able to work around traffic. Mm-hmm. He's been able to work around traffic, and he's been able to be consistent. Uh, yeah. Big thing is with the innings that he's been able to provide, uh, which is something that Dodgers down the stretch are probably going to need, whether you're going to bring up some young guys uh, in which case you're going to have to shift around some of the 40-man roster. Or if you're going to bring some guys uh, from the outside that you know can pitch solid big league innings, uh, Jordan Montgomery would be one of those options that you can provide and can potentially start if you need him to a game four-ish of a playoff series. Are you in favor of her? Of course, Montgomery's left-handed. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers don't have a left-handed sinker ball pitcher, you know, predominantly sinker ball pitcher. Yodias is more of the, the sweeper, and then Kershaw is more of the slider. So that sinker guy would be unique to what the Dodgers don't have right now. So he would add, not only would he add major league experience, a quality major league experience, he would also add something to the, the arsenal of the staff that the, the club doesn't have, which is a left-handed sinker. Oh, yeah. No, I think changing up the looks, uh, making it as difficult as possible for hitters to prepare, to prepare, not just preparing for one type of pitcher uh, with a couple of different arms, but providing a bunch of different uh, options for them would be extremely valuable for that. Um, 
No, I think Jordan Montgomery could be a really positive addition to the Dodgers uh, if they move that route towards acquiring him. Okay, I'm going to answer this one because I've seen Michael Grove pitch quite a bit. Fernando, this is a wonderful question. Will Michael Grove be better in the pen? My my answer to that is absolutely 100%, completely, totally, and entirely yes. And here's why. He's a three-pitch guy, which a three-pitch guy, although he can reach 98, that's tough to get through a lineup more than about two times. So you're looking at a guy as a starter that, at least for this year, four, maybe five innings, probably not ever six unless it just – goes great and typically speaking Michael Grove what he's going to have to do is work the perimeters and the edges of of the strike zone because he's been sh- he's been shell-shocked so bad with he, he's had bad luck and we'll see if you agree with this Austin in the sense that he's pitched really great at times but it just seems like every single mistake he's ever made has been hit out of the ballpark so if you're standing there and you're Michael Grove you got to be thinking Every time I throw the ball over the plate, it gets hit. So I have to work the perimeters. And to do that, you're going to have higher pitch counts. And so I don't see him being a huge innings eater, even on nights that he shuts the other team down. But I could see him go two innings, not worry about pitch count at all, work the perimeters of the strike zone, use the 98-mile-hour fastball, the good slider, and the good curveball, and get a lot of outs in that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think you can utilize him in shorter stints. Uh, and to go to your point about him being a little bit unlucky, he does have a high BABIP, uh, meaning a yeah. lot of the balls that are hit in play are landing, um, which is in part due to BABIP some is ball, bat, bat, batted, batting average on balls in play. Yes. Yes. Batting average on balls in play. So uh, when the other team actually hits the ball and it's fair, what is the batting average on those balls? That would be correct. That would be, uh, that would be correct. Yes. Um, yeah, just going over the kind of the terminology. And he's yeah. also giving up uh, a little bit more home runs than what league average is, which you hopefully would expect that to correct correct itself. Uh, perhaps in shorter stints, uh, I think he could be really positive. He's great talent. Yeah. Uh, got it. He's got a lot of potential, and you've seen a lot of hit, a lot of uh, good stuff from him in the past. Uh, I think we can see that in the future too. This is just my narrative, and I could be wrong. I think he needs to carry himself with a little bit more confidence. He needs to act like a little bit more of a dog. It seems like sometimes he's throwing the ball hoping instead of throwing the ball, you know, with with conviction. Do you see that at Mm -hmm. all, or is that just me making that up? I believe that. Yeah, I could see that. Hey, we have another great comment. An absolutely incredible co-host to have. He knows his statistics. You're knocking out of the park, Austin. (laughs) Yeah, man. Having a good time? Oh, I love this. Absolutely love talking baseball. So what's going to happen is I don't have the professional version of of, uh, of Zoom yet. Of course, Dodgers Daily is still small. I do have a GoFundMe that's raised right around 800 bucks. so I've lost quite a bit of money actually trying to do this. So I don't have the professional version yet. So here in about two or three minutes, Austin and I are going to reconnect. Do you have time to reconnect and come back for another session? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so there may be a minute or two where we have some downtime. We hope you stick with us and come back after the break of that. Let's get into another one. Okay, so uh, here's another one. Sean says, Mr. Brubaker knows his baseball. I would love to see Jordan Montgomery in Dodger Blue if we can land if we can't land Giolito. Okay, here's the Damino as a Tigers fan by birth. It and I know you're a Tigers fan too. Austin, as a Tiger fan by birth, it pains me to say this that do you think Eduardo Rodriguez 
these people are reading their minds because Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez literally was the next guy that we were going to go to. You think he could be available? Yes, he will be available. Whether the Dodgers pull the trigger on him will depend on whether they believe in the health of Eduardo Rodriguez. He just came back today from injury, didn't have a great start against Oakland, which is worrisome. Uh, but if you look at his starts back in April, back in May, he was extremely dominant. Uh, Whip of 1.00 ERA of 264, 74 strike, more strikeouts than innings pitched. Been yes. good. He's been really good. And he's one of those pitchers who will get a lot of called third strikes, too. Uh, not one of those super flashy guys that you would kind of think of, uh, but extremely dominant at stretches, at points and stretches. Uh, and I think he will definitely be available. He's got an opt-out uh, that he likely will utilize uh, at the end of the season. Uh, Tigers are not in a position to compete. They're looking to gather more talent. Yeah. Um, this could this is one of the arms that if you believe in what he was before he was injured, uh, you could pull the trigger on him. He could really surprise a lot of people. What exactly was the injury? It was some weird injury. It left uh, index finger. I believe it oh, was so an nothing, injury. No, okay. Like no, not a shoulder or something no, like that. And I think it was okay, a super yeah. rare injury that they said only happens to like rock climbers. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, that's kind of the luck that the uh, Tigers have been in uh, for the past uh, five or six seasons. The just injury after injury and terrible baseball. Uh, but Eduardo Rodriguez, very good pitcher, somebody the Dodgers could consider at the deadline. Hey, we're going to take a break. We only have two minutes until our time is up here. We're going to reconnect with Austin, so stick around. Give us about two minutes to reconnect. Please don't leave us. Come back. We're going to talk some more trade targets right after the break. All right, we're back. That didn't take long. Okay, no, I didn't. I, let me let me get back on my screen here and see if we still have all of our crowd going and see where we're at there. Okay, looks like we actually added, so that's very good. So, hey, we're still rocking and rolling. Again, Casey Porter here, live Dodgers Dogs. We are back. This is going to be every Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Central, which is my time, 9 o'clock Eastern, which is Austin's time. If that's not complicated enough for you, and just leave me a question, and I can maybe I can write it down, and we can make sense for it there. So, hey, Austin Brewbaker, give him a follow at Austin Brew ninety nine. That's at capital A A U S T I N, and then capital B 
BRU99 at AUSTINBRU99 at Austin Brew 99. So, Austin Brew Baker, a wonderful, wonderful addition to Dodgers Daily. The, you know, just the whole umbrella, a wonderful addition to Dodgers Dogs. Having a great time talking trade pot prospects. So, hey, where do we want to go next? I want to hit up one more starting pitcher that uh, kind of came to mind and actually kind of surprised me uh, when I was going through doing a little bit of research for this. Uh, and that's left-handed pitcher James Paxton. Yep, um, hard thrower. Very hard thrower, somebody who has been injured for uh, a little bit. Uh, but if you look at especially his stat cast data, it has been incredible uh, this season. Pitch. I believe a 2.7 ERA so far, generating a lot of wicks, not not throwing a lot of walks, um, could be a valuable addition. Whether they use him in rotation, whether they use him, um, maybe perhaps more in the pen, whatever role they kind of see. Uh, Dodgers kind of like a lot of those guys who generate a lot of swings and misses. And James Paxton, 61 Ks, 50 and 50 innings. Yes, uh, and he could be one of those guys that um, you wouldn't think of at first as being uh, a trade target for the Dodgers. I think he could be somebody that could be incredibly valuable to a team at the deadline. Uh, only has one year left on his deal. Uh, just like signed that. a cheap deal with Boston, so he's not going to cost an arm and a leg in order to get. Uh, a really sneaky addition that could be really valuable in the end. Well, and he has a lot of strikeouts, and he has a low whip, which I like the whip because, hey, it's one thing to get a lot of swing and miss, but if you're throwing 47 pitches an inning, you know, because you're not throwing strikes either, you know, and you're not efficient, you know, then, then we saw that with Ryan Pepio. A lot of yeah. swing and miss, but not efficient enough, although the overall ERA actually turned out very well. His whip is, is lower than one, which is really, really good. So, you know, not only does he have a lot of swing and miss, a lot of strikeouts, he also has been very efficient. And, hey, he is that typical type of pitcher that's in the Dodgers mold, the four-seam that is, you know, 96 from the left side. So he has the big four-seam that's in the 96 range. Then the cutter, cutter, slider, whatever you call it, curveball changeup. That's the exact mix the Dodgers would go seek. This is the guy right here. If he's available, this is the guy that I would – this is the guy I would go after the hardest, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he – uh, given that uh, the American League East is incredibly competitive and the yeah. Red Sox seem to be towards the back of that, uh, and because he's on a short-term deal, uh, I think he's going to be absolutely available. And I think he fits uh, perhaps best with the Dodgers' mold of pitchers that they would try to target. And I think they can utilize his skills extremely well. I think Montgomery gives is a great option from the simple fact that he gives you something you don't already have. But mm-hmm. I think Paxton is the most plug-and-play in the sense that it's just going to all gel from the time that he steps on to, to your facilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Sean says, Paxton, good call. I think Los Angeles-Boston could match up on a couple of players. I don't have any doubt about it. I think, you know, hey, we, we saw Kike Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen. There's a prior relationship there. It's on good terms. You're not competing against each other until the World Series, you know. So, hey, you want both sides to have a good deal out of it. And both sides, obviously, you know, they they need players that can handle big environments. So, that's a great trade partner for me. Yeah, 100%.
Red Sox are five games out of the wild card. So, boy, <laughs> tough. <laughs> I know. We, it, okay. it is. We need the Red Sox to lose like 11 games in a row. That's what I, <laughs> I have no issues with that. Except, but we want JT to hit like 400 through the whole time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well of course. And Verdugo. Did you get a chance to see Verdugo at Great Lakes? I did not. Um, at least not that I remember. No, I know he came up. I believe it was during the time where I was only able to catch maybe one or two Goons games a year. Um, and so I don't remember watching Verdugo a whole lot. Okay, so we're about to wrap this up. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week, and, and I, I may you know clean some of this up on, on some of my Daily Dodgers daily shows, and I hope you tune into those. It's, that show has been growing steadily, so I, I appreciate all that, and I appreciate all the help, Austin, you've given you know, with all of your videos and, and with everything that you've helped with so far. Hey, we're going to talk for about a couple more minutes. We're wrapping things up. If you have any more questions or any more thoughts, now is the time to leave it leave your thoughts and leave your questions in the chat. It's been a wonderful chat, a wonderful crowd tonight. So, Austin, what are some of your final thoughts here? Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of options for the Dodgers. I think they, I think they do need some help, uh, whether that is from internal, whether that is from uh, trade possibilities. Um, Dodgers have a lot of talent and they can utilize their talent to get exactly what they need. It's about figuring out who is going to be available at the deadline uh, and making the smartest move uh, for the organization, which I have no doubt uh, within the upper echelon of the Dodgers organization that they will make uh, smart decisions, that they will make decisions that are best, not just for this season, but also for the future health of this organization as well. Oscar is bringing his A game tonight. He says, odds of trading Otani, or uh, uh, let me back that up. Yeah. Odds of acquiring Otani via trade. Of course, we know he's going to be a free agent, so you could get him for, for no prospects if he waited till the end of the year. What do you think? Trade? They, I, they have, here's the thing is they have the prospect capital where they could entice a trade. There's a oh, couple, they could get them, but do they oh, have yeah. enough depth to replace the guys that have to give up? Do they have that much prospect capital? I, I, I believe in the talent of this organization. I believe in a lot of these guys where I believe they could. Uh, a couple questions that I would have, though. One, would the Angels even be willing to trade Otani? I think that is the giant question. Are they going to um, resign him? I don't know if they're going to resign him, but are they going to be trying to compete at all? They are right in the thick of things in the wild card. I don't know if they're going to be trying to compete, or I don't know if they're going to be trying to trade him at all. Also, another question that we have uh, I think is, they would. I think they would for a Diego Cartaya. I mean, it's going to take like a Cartaya – Gavin Stone, River. I mean, it's going to take like four of your top ten prospects to get them. At least. Yeah. At least. And then the question is, um, how do you play both Shohei and J.D. Martinez in the lineup? Both of them are likely designated hitter-type options. Good, good point. If you have both of those players, you're going to have to play one of them in the field, in which case you're having a little bit of an issue with that. Now, you have Shohei Otani at that point. You kind of have to be willing to do that, uh, but are you? Of course, he pitches to too. A, so I mean, that that mm-hmm. solves one of your issues there. That does solve one of your issues. Um, I think there's a lot of potential complications that have to do with that. But if you think that that is going to give you the best chance to sign him potentially in the off season too, you kind of have to be 
certain if you want to give up all those guys, hey, we're not just going to get Shohei for this offseason. We're going to be getting him for years to come. We're going to have the best player in baseball on our team as well. Um, you have to you have to know that ahead of time. You have to have a plan for a role to get him in the lineup every day and to uh, position yourself to win as many games as possible and to win the World Series. So, you're t- yeah, the Damino says put J.D. in the bullpen. So, what you're telling me is you're going to have either Otani or J.D. next year, not both. <laughs> yes, Yes. Okay. Hey, hot take right there. Austin Brubaker with the hot take. It's going to be either J.D. or Shohei Otani, not both of them next year. Craig says the Angels owners hate the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they, they, uh, they maybe not the best trade partner, right? Yeah. It, it might not be the best trade partner. They're probably uh, not very happy about missing out on Andy Pajes when they could have yeah. gotten him. Um, but we we will see what happens. Uh, he should be available as a free agent option this offseason, and if rumors are true, Dodgers are going to go full out for him. Yeah, Trout's out, man. He's out for the year. Yeah, I see yeah. him being sellers, but it's like mm-hmm. Craig said, hey, are they going to be sellers to their crosstown rivals? Yeah. I mean, that that's especially after the Andy Paez deal and all that. That's the question. Of course, you got to put your pride aside, you know, and you got to do what the best business deal is, and you would get the best return from the Dodgers for Otani, my opinion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So from yep. that perspective, hey, it's a possibility. It is a possibility, and he would solve. He would solve. He would add to the offense, and mm-hmm. he would be that ace to the starting staff that we're kind of looking for. Let me say this too: if he came over and he won a World Series with Otani this year, it would also take some pressure off of next year, to where even mm-hmm. if you didn't re-sign him, you could you could easier, more easily incorporate the River Ryans and all those guys knowing oh, yeah. you have the World Se- World Championship to calm all your fans down in your back pocket. Yeah. Does, no, does, I, that, does that make any sense? Yeah, no, 100%. If you feel like uh, Shohei Otani, if you feel like giving up those prospects, giving up those, those guys, those guys that are going to anchor the future, are is going to give you the best chance to win the World Series this year, you pull the trigger 100%. Yep. yep. And especially says, with oh, – oh, Go ahead. Sorry. And especially with the uh, the multitude of talent the Dodgers have in their system, they have to find roles for these guys in the future, which we're already seeing them struggle to find roles for a lot of the rookies. We talked about Johnny DeLuca earlier having a tough time finding Michael him a Bush. Role. Michael Bush, absolutely. Uh, do you even have roles for these guys in the future? Are they just going to be sitting down in AAA where it'd be best utilized to trade a for a superstar like Otani, give them an opportunity to succeed elsewhere and also give yourself the best chance to win the World Series. Sean says Otani pitches every six days, so L.A. would still need five other starters or four and a long man. No doubt about it. Elias and then Kershaw, Gonsolin, that would be three of them. So that would be – and then your fifth one would be probably either Bobby Miller and or Emmett Sheehan and or if you went and got an innings eater. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the innings eaters that we eaters that we talked about earlier. I don't. Yes. I don't think. I don't think Michael Grove would be. You know, a a penciled in scheduled starter for the rest of this year. I think he's going to be a swing man. He's going to pitch some relief. He's going to pitch in the bullpen games. And then if you need a spot start, he would be that guy. Don't you think yeah. that's his role? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And then you also have Pepio that might come back. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, another there'll, there'll be guys coming off the injured list who will help reinforce this team, too. Yep. yep. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, Loons won tonight, quarter two. I had the game yeah. on the TV. If you saw me looking out to the side, that yeah. was me looking up. Uh, Who had big games? Chris Newell uh, hit a home run. He's uh, big time. Tonight. Yeah, no, and uh, struggled a little, little bit recently, but that he's shown some really good swings here in Dayton. Uh, really good to see. And from what I saw earlier, Orlando Ortiz had a really good start for T Tulsa today. At least yep. through five innings, uh, just got called up from Great Lakes. Yeah, uh, really cool to see. And one other shout out, uh, not in the Dodgers organization anymore. Uh, sent you this uh, this morning, uh, yeah. Alex De Jesus. The uh, cycle, baby. He hit for the cycle again. I got to see that actually in person last year for Great oh, Lakes. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, he hit one. Oh, I forgot he did hit for the cycle last year for Great Lakes, didn't he? He did. He yeah. sure it did. Was, yeah. It, it was against Wisconsin when they were yeah. on that playoff rush. Uh, it was middle of June, uh, and we were there. And what was hilarious about that, we, because big baseball fans, yeah, uh, all of us that we were going with, and we kind of knew going into that last at bat, like, he, he's a single away from the cycle. And so we, like, all stood up, and then he got the base hit. We all started cheering. Nobody else kind of realized yeah. that he had just hit for the cycle, yeah. except for us, the teammates. And then we went up and saw uh, Brad was super pumped, play-by-play uh, -play yeah. announcer for the Loons. Uh, but he just hit for the cycle again uh, yeah. for the Vancouver Canadians, uh, high affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, we're big fans of these players, both yep. while they're in the Dodgers organization yep. and when they move outside the Dodgers yep. organization. Um, so I communicated with Luke Rayleigh just the other day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just want to give a shout out to Alex DeJesus still, uh, still hitting for the cycles, even outside of the Dodgers organization. Hey, wanted to ask you this. We have not rehearsed this or talked about this guy. So I have no, and hey, if you say, I have no idea, go ahead and say that. That's fine too. Mike Montgomery, lots of major league experience. He's at triple Oklahoma city right now. Is he a player at all? I don't know exactly. Uh, yeah. I have not had a ton of time to look at him, so I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, he's kind of one of those AAA, you know, major guys with major, like the Dylan Kobe type guy, you know, mm -hmm. that you could send up maybe DFA, see if he see if he pitches well, maybe stick on, who knows. Yeah. But I was curious what your thoughts were on that. Thought I'd throw that out there and see. Maybe that's something we can talk about next week. The 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 guys that are in AAA that have major league experience, like uh, Matt Andres, you know, uh, Robbie Erland. You know, Mike Montgomery, talk about those guys next week. But, hey, that's going to do it for tonight. It has been a wonderful show. It's been a wonderful crowd. Way better than I thought it would be our first time back for Dodgers Dogs. Again, just a reminder, this is going to be every Wednesday. That's 6 o'clock Pacific. Hopefully that's right before the Dodgers play. So this is kind of, can kind of be your pregame show going into the Dodgers on Wednesday nights. It, that's 8 o'clock Central Time and then 9 o'clock, which is – on in Easter time, which is Austin's time. So, hey, until next week, until we say hi to you for Dodgers Dogs on the next episode, we would like to thank you for tuning in and say go Dodgers.